This is Manya from Friendshipable, a Project BFF podcast. Along with my co-host Terry, we love talking about friendships, talking with others who think about friendships, and learning about these important relationships in our lives. If you like this content, please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash projectbff, or subscribe to the podcast via your favorite podcast app. If you have a podcast, consider hosting it on Buzzsprout. We love it. They make it so easy. And we have a link in our show notes for you. Thanks. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Friendshipable. How are you today, Terry? I'm doing great today. How are you? I'm doing great too. And for those of you watching on video, you may notice we have a third person joining us. Uh We've got Jesper Allgaard here today. Hi, Jesper. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. How are you today? today? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty good. Person to talk to. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm I'm doing pretty good. Uh, Obviously, uh, following the situation in Eastern Europe, uh, Mm -hmm. difficult not to uh, not to do that. But uh, other Mm -hmm. than that, I would say things are good. How are you? You know, things are doing pretty good over here too. we are well, why do I describe where over here is versus where Jesper is? Yeah, so Terry and Manya are calling from the Boston area, but Jesper, where are you today? I'm mm-hmm. sitting in uh, Bergen, Norway. So Bergen is go. like the the second biggest uh, city in Norway. So here it's uh, kind of raining, snowing today, pretty <sighs> cold, pretty windy. Not the best weather, but uh, but it's okay. Nice. Definitely. It's yeah. winter. Well, we're, we're thrilled to have you today because, yes, for you and we got contacted together because of our love of the topic of friends and friendships. So how did you get interested in friendships as a concept and thinking about it and even starting a business around friendship? I think... Uh... Well, there are, there are many reasons, <clears throat> and I think it's maybe a little bit coincidental, but uh, the kind of short version is that I was an um, entrepreneur for, for many years, almost 10 years. And um, during that time, I, uh, I obviously got older, uh, as we usually do. And um, in my mid-30s, I, I quit my, my previous uh, entrepreneurial job. And I went backpacking uh, just to get some inspiration for uh, my future projects. And at that point of time, I just realized that um, getting close to 40, but also being uh, single and uh, without any children, I've noticed the, uh, the natural changes in, in my social life, uh, mm-hmm. seeing my old friends being occupied with, uh, with family and, and children and, mm-hmm. and myself being just as hungry for uh, some, some social action. Yes. <laughs> so that's kind of what, what got me on, the, on this track. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, so as you were kind of thinking about that, it sounds like your entrepreneurial brain kicked in and and made some sort of connection. How, what was that process like? Well, I, I think it, it started with me being on my own uh, in Asia when I was backpacking. Uh, and when I came to the Philippines, I was looking to find someone I could surf with. Um, and at that point of time, there were only like pretty young 
young kids, you know, mm. trying to like local kids trying to to be my instructor, etc. But then I obviously noticed like problems with language and it wasn't quite exactly what I was looking for. And then I started thinking, how cool would it be if there was an app to help me uh, find someone uh, I can surf with? Uh, that's kind of how, how the idea started. But then after a while, I started thinking that, you know, people are very different. Um, it's not the same uh, who you meet up with because people are different. People have different needs, etc. And that's kind of how it all evolved uh, into more uh, cracking the code of uh, matching personalities and, and trying to find like the, the right friend, not only a friend. Yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating that uh, cracking the code of, mm-hmm. of finding the right friend. I think we're all looking for that um, golden ticket of the, mm-hmm. how do we figure out who's, who are going to be a good friend? And it, you know, from, from what I know about what you've done, you looked to technology to figure out the answer to this question. Yeah. Yeah, we have. So basically uh, our kind of perception is that people are, uh, very, very different often. Uh, and it's not obvious that uh, all people should be friends because they do have different chemistry. They do have varying interests, uh, etc. And I also think that the quality of the friendship is way more important than how, how many friends you have or how mm-hmm. often you see them. Mm-hmm. It's more about the quality of the friendship. Um, so that's how I kind of kind of started thinking about, can we use technology and, the, and in uh, this situation, uh, machine learning, can we use machine learning to improve how you match uh, basically uh, per, uh, human personalities? Can we kind of predict what kind of people will most likely get along uh, and most likely have a, a good chemistry? That's kind of how it all started. And obviously there are so many um, so many examples from my own life, uh, people you meet when you're 15 or 20 or like kind of your, your best friends at that point of time. But when you turn 25 or 30 or 40, then your, uh, your needs kind of change and maybe the way you think change. Mm-hmm. So this is like an ongoing dynamic process through life, I would say. Did you also find that it was um, that that method of finding friends that as you know as as cultures we're pretty well you know oriented to online matches or things like that so that the net you know for romantic purposes so the extension of that obviously would be to friendships so was that part of the thinking too that we all know what these are let's use it for this yeah well my again i've, I've been a single guy for quite quite some time so uh-huh. uh <laughs> I've been on dating apps for, for some years. And yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah my, I would say that my impression is that dating apps are pretty much um, uh, focused on how you look. It's a lot about pictures uh, mm-hmm. and it's a, a lot about the dialogue you, you have chatting in this app based on, based on looks very often. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it comes to friendships, I don't really care too much uh, how my friends look. I don't need to be... Uh, attracted to them in any way uh so so that was kind of uh that was kind of the reason why we thought that when it comes to friendships uh there might be something we can do here 
and maybe do it That's in a, an interesting in a... distinction because we probably are going to be a lot more open to people because we're looking for friends. We attribute other characteristics to looking for a mate. So yeah, yeah. I hadn't thought about it that way. Yeah. And, and you might not judge other people as much on looks uh, because if you're not looking for a romantic partner, yeah. I guess you're more open for, uh, yeah, to, to meet several different people. Yeah. So, you know, we talk about machine learning and mm -hmm. how that's kind of involved in this process. Can you explain what that really means and, it, and how a machine can match if you or I should be friends or if Terry or I should be friends? <laughs> yeah, definitely. So um, my impression is that machine learning today for businesses is, is used a lot to uh, either uh, improve how targeted marketing happens so that you get like the perfect ads sent to you that are relevant uh, to you, mm -hmm. but also, um, um, also airports, for example, they use machine learning quite a bit. Uh, when they decide how many security gates that they wish to have open on every, any certain day, mm -hmm. they will look into the, uh, the date, the day of the week, they will look at the weather forecast and they will look at all other sorts of data that they have. And based on all this data, they say that today on this airport, we shall have 12 uh, security gates open. Uh, so it's all a matter of using all the information you have and try to, to make something understandable uh, out of it. So that's kind of how machine learning usually is, is getting used today or being used today. But then I think the whole machine learning part is that it's about acknowledging that sometimes you assume things about people. You look at a person and then you assume that, okay, this person is angry or a happy person or he or she is like that or like that. But then again, I've met so many people through life where I realized that I have totally misunderstood who this person is. And the only way I could find it out was by actually talking to, to him or her and then getting to know that person better. And then I have a pretty good example here because uh, when I was uh, working in my, my previous job, I, um, I received a client from a colleague of mine. He didn't have time to, to uh, take care of all his clients. So I, I overtook his client. And this was a pretty old guy. Uh, I think he was around, uh, he, he was getting close to 80 years old. And our first kind of communication was not very good because I introduced myself and I told him that I'm your new advisor. Please come to me if you have any questions. Short version is that he was pretty, you know, unsatisfied with everything. <laughs> and he was kind of sending me angry emails all the time. Um, and I, I invited him into a meeting to try to understand uh, why are you not happy with the job we're doing? The short version here is that he was happy with everything. The fact is that he was pretty lonely because his wife uh, was suffering from dementia. So she was at a home and obviously not communicating the same way as she used to. Right. Uh, so he saw his wife kind of drifting apart from him. Mm -hmm. uh, and he was sitting alone in this big, big house out in the countryside uh, and basically being really really bored mm -hmm. and then I also or I, I told him that I know that there is kind of a, um, a, a home for elderly people where you can meet and you can do stuff together and socialize uh, why don't you try that and then he said that uh, well I've already been there um, 
but all the guys there, they just want to play board games and talk about soccer. And I'm not into neither of them. <laughs> I want to discuss, you know, world politics. Uh-huh. I want to discuss economics, like the big, big, uh, big discussions uh, he, he wanted to do and that he could do with me. So the, the kind of strange part is that me being at that time, probably 33, I think, mm-hmm. and he was being close to 80. We were like bonding and bonding and becoming really good friends. Uh, and, and then I realized, you know, when I thought about him, uh, I wouldn't expect him to be like a, a good friend of mine, right. but he, he turned out to be. Um, so I think that's kind of a, one example. If, if I enjoy being with him and he enjoyed spending time with me, maybe there are another, uh, uh, other people like myself or with a similar profile who might enjoy the same. That's kind of how we're thinking about the machine learning. Oh, wow. That's a great story. Um, it is a great story because it means we have perception. We, unless we take the time to learn about the other person, there's just perceptions that, or yeah. he was, he was kind of stuck in a perception that people had that he's an older person. He probably isn't interested in these things or as different. Exactly. And, and just taking that opportunity is what, started the friendship between the two of you exactly so often and and that's also something we have uh, discovered now through our research is that people's uh, kind of uh, uh, spec of 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 what they're looking for or or what they're um, uh, what they're willing to accept that changes Mm -hmm. the moment you actually Mm -hmm. meet the person and talk to the person at that point of time everything changes but then then again so many people will not come to that uh, point because they don't give people or other people uh, a chance to uh, to introduce themselves. So that's quite yeah. interesting. And it, you know, so sort of machine learning for for matching people friendships does some of the learning that we need to do about each other ahead of time and should sort of start you a few jumps ahead. Am I understanding that correctly? When you get connected to yeah, somebody. I- yeah, yeah, well, that, but also there are so many other factors because people have a tendency to uh, wish to be something else. They, they hope to be. <laughs> yes. Wow. This, yeah. Uh, yeah, but first they do. In, first impressions are exactly. probably not the real impressions. Exactly. So you have mm-hmm. first impressions, but you also have personality tests like, how do you feel about this and that? And then, well, I'm very. Uh, I'm very patient. I'm very kind. I'm very, because everyone wants to be patient and kind and understanding, <laughs> et cetera. But in reality, maybe not, uh, they, they aren't always uh, that. So I think the whole uh, logic here is kind of combining traditional personality tests, mm-hmm. but then use machine learning to see how people actually uh, react and act uh, in real life. What kind of choices do they make? What kind of people do they actually end up uh, hanging out with? Uh, mm-hmm. And hopefully, why? Why was this person so interesting? Why did you end up uh, continuing meeting this person? That's what we're trying to do. So, so we're talking to a lot of uh, psychology uh, researchers all over the world. And um, I've read a, a lot about the psychology research that has been done. Uh, mm-hmm. past you know the past 50 to 100 years and and we do know a lot uh, we have learned that for example if you as a person are willing to admit something really embarrassing about yourself maybe a little bit funny 
people will immediately like you more and they will trust you more and the chances of you actually becoming a friend with them increases. So that's kind of something we know. But then again, all this research has been done uh, in a qualitative way. So it's been done using interviews and you have kind of interviewed um, a small number of people. And, and that's interesting. But the limitation is that obviously we need to know how this changes uh, when you combine different genders, age mm -hmm. groups, cultures, you know, nationalities, etc. Religion, uh, of course, and other factors. So this is a big unexplored uh, field of research that we are kind of uh, longing to uh, to dig into. Yes, I mean, I think of all the variables, the ones you mentioned, and so many more that that change how yeah. we. And you know, I think Terry, you will probably agree with me. We've all had that experience of thinking that somebody's going to be a great friend because you've got something in common and then it turns out not really to be the case because for whatever reason um and it, yeah that's so interesting so but what's it's interesting a, in, no. go ahead Manu. no you go ahead terry <laughs> no, i was just gonna say is that it's interesting all of those variables that you mentioned jesper is you know, given the, the example Manya just made of just meeting somebody for the first time and just learning about each other, all of those are at play. We don't realize it, but that's what that's the list that somewhere innately we're checking down that's going to take time to see whether or not that's a that's a, a match for a friendship. Definitely. And like you say, there are so many factors, but also like factors like have you slept enough? Uh, are you doing, are you in general doing okay? Are you hung over? <laughs> like all of these <laughs> factors actually kind of affect the way you're thinking uh, also about other people. So yeah, no, it's a, it's a huge, huge uh, unexplored area. Yeah. Uh, very, very fascinating. So with this work that you're doing, how has that changed how you personally approach friendships or meeting new people? Well, obviously, uh, it does change quite a lot when you become like a friend nerd, <laughs> <laughs> reading about like everything you can about friendships and, and how friendships uh, are, are created and, and connected. No, definitely. It, it makes you think uh, way more about uh, all these factors. And, and uh, I, I would say that it's definitely changed the way I, uh, I look at other people and, and, and definitely try not to be as judgmental and assuming too mm. much uh, and yeah, basically give them a chance to, to, to get to know each other. And then, uh, then we can make up our mind. That's kind of a more rational way of, uh, of doing it. I would say. How long do you think, how long do you think you need to give it when you meet somebody new um, to sort of get past maybe the initial impression and maybe start to get to really know them? I think that all depends on how good you are at making the other person feel uh, relaxed and secure. Mm -hmm. uh, because I think 
some people, if, if they're a bit uh, worried that the other part won't like them or accept them or something like that, I think it's quite easy to, to, uh, to not show the best side of, of, of yours. So I think it all depends on, on the quality of, of the meeting and, again, how, how much you actually relax. And, again, my, my suggestion is uh, a bit something embarrassing. That always works. People always love that. <laughs> so then at least you increase the, the chances of being well, liked. <laughs> it opens it. Sharing something embarrassing signals your vulnerability that and we yeah. all we all do embarrassing things so it kind of really never thought about it but you know to be purposely the person to go all right I did it and you know yeah. to to kind of start the 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 friendship off on a a, a level playing field that we we all we all mess up and we all have vulnerabilities yeah, and we are all aware uh, of that. Yeah. So when people kind of remind us of that, it makes us happy. Yes. <laughs> <And> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, and we don't feel alone in being yes. someone who's done something embarrassing because even though we all know we're not alone in that, it still feels that way sometimes. So it's, so having somebody else be vulnerable, um, I can see how that would really mix help somebody feel more open and comfortable with a yeah. person. Yeah. And research has even proved it. So, uh, so we're pretty sure that's a good, uh, a good tactic yeah. <laughs> meeting new people. <laughs> so on the, on the little list of to do's with making a new friend, find a way to be vulnerable as early as possible. Start <laughs> off with your most embarrassing moment and then just head on from there. Continue. It works there. every time. Definitely. <laughs> I'm sure of it. <laughs> So Jesper, you know, we're talking a lot about machine learning and technology and friendships, and that makes me think of um, social media as well, because that was, has been touted as a way to make friends or, um, you know, support our friendships. Mm -hmm. How successful do you feel social media has been in the friendship realm? I think that's, uh, you know, I think there are several sides to that, but we, we do know that the original idea behind using technology and, and creating these social medias was to connect people in a more efficient way. And in many ways, we are more connected today. Uh, we have, like many people have more than thousand friends on Facebook or, or Instagram, for example. Um, but the sad part is that in reality, even though the world is kind of more connected, we are also being way more distant, uh, distanced than we have ever been before. So the problem is that it seems to me and to research in general, that people have a tendency to explore other profiles, look at them, uh, maybe some, sometimes envy other people for all mm -hmm. the beautiful holiday pictures, etc. But it doesn't really result in people actually hanging out uh, anymore than they used to. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think the problem is that when technology is trying to connect us, it's actually creating a bigger distance between us. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think most of these companies are aware of this themselves. Uh, and that's, that's not kind of what human beings need. What we need is to not only feel secure and, and have friends, but we also need to meet up and actually do uh, fun mm -hmm. and interesting activities together with the people you you love and, and, mm -hmm. uh, and care about. 
Um, and that is definitely becoming a problem, not to mention the whole pandemic, obviously, has yeah, made the world a bit gonna, more, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a bit more aware yeah. of this, uh, which is good. Um, but that also comes with a flip side, because I don't know how it is in the US, but in Norway, like the Norwegian media is very fond uh, of writing about loneliness, that loneliness is a huge problem and, and it affects so many people, etc. And that is in one way very good, uh, because if there's no focus on it, nobody's going to do anything about mm -hmm. it. But the flip side of that, I would say, is that the loneliness word uh, on its own actually kind of increases a stigma related to, uh, related to people who aren't necessarily lonely, but they just lack uh, some friends to do like a certain hobby with, or maybe they just want to be a little bit more social than they are. And I think I'm a pretty good example of that. Like, I don't feel lonely uh, per se, um, but I do notice that obviously I was used to meeting my friends maybe three, four times a week, and now it happens maybe once a week, maybe mm -hmm. even more seldom than that. So for me, uh, I feel secure that my friends care about me and they're there for me if I need to. But I'm also aware that um, uh, I am getting invited to fewer things now than yeah. before, like uh, children's birthdays or like a couple dinner. Like it's not natural to invite me. And I know they don't mean anything bad by that, but it's a fact that I am less social than I want to be. Uh, do I want to be labeled as a lonely guy? No, I would say that's, you know, pushing, pushing it a little bit. Um, so that's kind of my point. Uh, if you're kind of overusing the, the, the term lonely, because either you are a lonely person or you are a normal person. That's kind of how some people can, right. uh, can think about it. And I don't think that's necessarily only positive. Uh, yeah. Right. I think it, I think it should be okay to say that, you know, I want mm -hmm. some more friends in my life. You don't have to be like a strange person to, to admit that because it's mm -hmm. pretty natural and it's way more natural than, than uh, people know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. And you mentioned stigma, loneliness and the stigma of that. And I, I think what we're seeing is once there starts to be some recognition of it, and to break the stigma, it's almost like the pendulum goes too far in the other direction. Right. Yeah. And it sort of has to, to get people aware of it. And then we start to realize, okay, what does loneliness, for example, really mean? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't need to be stigmatized, but it's also okay to feel lonely at times. And, mm. um, you know, that it, it's not a bad thing and it's, more a question of what is it telling me that I'm feeling this right now? Yeah. Um, so I know there is, you know, as part of project BFF, we talk about loneliness as well. And we talk about friendships as the sort of the antidote to loneliness, but it, they aren't the opposite sides of a coin really. Right. No, no, definitely. But you know, the, the world is changing so much and um, you know, it's also, a pr like when you're younger, you do have all these natural meeting arenas, uh, like school, and then you go mm -hmm. to uh, soccer practice after school, mm -hmm. and you have, you know, all, all sorts of venues and, and happenings going on. 
but obviously when you're when you're turning 25 and, and older you're done with the university you started working like there are so uh, many or you know less meeting arenas where you can where you can meet people and that's also i think a problem with with technology and social media as you mentioned that they are kind of taking over from some of the older meeting arenas that we used to have uh, like uh, you know going to uh, the local market or going to the the local nightclub or or whatever like people do that less now and mm-hmm. they sit at a distance and they try to uh, meet people through technology and it, it's not really working that well in in most cases so um yeah yeah and you know and and the pandemic has really highlighted a lot of these things that you're talking about the where for a while the only way to connect was at a distance and mm that was so difficult for so many people to, I know, I think some people actually really were like, great, I don't have to go out anymore. But I think for many other people, that distance was so hard. And it really told us a lot about what we value in our relationships. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. we we have to kind of uh, embrace that the pandemic has actually made us more aware uh, of, of, of these issues. But then again, I started this, uh, this Venn app that I'm making many years before uh, the pandemic was a fact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason for it is that, you know, yeah, we have fewer meeting uh, or natural meeting arenas, but there's also a problem that people are very often a little bit uh, reluctant to uh, talking to the neighbor table because people are afraid of being kind of uh, not accepted or, you know, maybe they don't want to interrupt these people maybe they don't like me so they end up just not asking uh, or just not introducing themselves just uh, just to be on the safe side so i think like one of the good things about technology is that it's, it's making it easier to to actually just say hi i'm up for a beer if you are mm-hmm. or i'm up for a you know a bicycle trip or whatever um so yeah i guess it's it's a matter of taking the best sides of both uh, worlds and, and combining them Yes, exactly. Well, the pandemic represents the pendulum that has gone too far oh, in the other yeah. direction yeah. <laughs> yeah. of That's keeping us apart. Um, mm-hmm. Well, tell us a little bit about the app and how does it how does it work and um, what what are the benefits for people if they um, sign up? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm glad to say, like uh, then. Then is uh, as of now, then uh, works as a one-to-one, uh, like an app that matches people one-to-one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what we ask our users is uh, basically, what are you looking to achieve on, on this app? Uh, are you only looking for a gym partner? Are you looking for a tutorial, someone who you can do tutorials with? Or are you looking for something more like uh, your best friend, uh, someone to talk to and travel with, uh, etc.? Uh, so that's kind of the main question that we're asking. Uh, and in addition, we're asking what kind of interests these uh, users have. Uh, what are they into? Downhill skiing, soccer, rugby, uh, you know, dining, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But then we also let them adjust their values and preferences, kind of uh, how, how, how do they act? How do they think about certain things? Are they into politics, for example? Uh, are they patient, impatient? Do they prefer social settings with a lot of people or preferably minor groups? Uh, that's kind of how we do it today. 
Mm -hmm. So this is like the, the, the first version of the, of the app and that is working pretty good. It's kind of a little bit manual so far because you have to kind of read the profiles and explore them a little bit. Okay. She's into this and that. And, but, but yeah, it, it's connected more than 10,000 friendships so far. Wow. So it's, uh, which is really cool. <laughs> yeah, that is really cool. That's why you did it. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah, that 10,000 friendships is 20,000 people who have yes. kind of uh, connected. Um, and obviously, uh, some of these friendships are, are stronger uh, than, than others. But um, uh, many users contact me and say that, you know, I, I'm, I haven't only found like a new friend, but I found a, a new BFF, uh, like my really, really best friend. And, uh, and that is just totally awesome. But then again, uh, we're not done there because the next step now is that next week we will release a group activity function. Um, oh. Yeah. And, and that is basically because uh, friends obviously need something to do together. Uh -huh. And for some people, it's more or it's more easy to, to uh, get to know people if you do it through a group. So yeah. it could be a group that just uh, gathers up to either have a meal or go for a game together or maybe do some exercise. Uh, maybe it could be like uh, environmental people who wants to go to the beach and pick up some plastic and maybe they can go and have a drink afterwards. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to just uh, offer multiple ways of uh, getting to know other people, uh, preferably physically, um, but not necessarily. It could also be uh, gamers who are looking to find like a new gamer friend, uh, oh, yeah. they don't want to necessarily meet up, but they would like to, you know, be, be talking on the, uh, yeah. on the, uh, gaming, uh, headset, etc. Yeah. So it's, it's all about just offering as many ways as we can for people to just say, you know what, never mind. I'll go meet this guy. I'll have a drink, see if he's cool or not. Uh, that's kind of our, yeah, our, uh, our goal. Oh, that's that's fabulous. And, um, you know, for those of us who are native English speakers, can you tell us why you named the app then? Good, good question. Uh, two reasons for that. First of all, then means friend in uh, Norwegian. So that was like a pretty natural uh, choice uh, in that term. Uh, but also uh, then uh, we took inspiration from the Venn diagram from the world of mathematics. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the Venn, the Venn, Venn diagram, they kind of look at all the available information and all the data we have, and they try to find similarities, like what factors are common uh, within this, uh, this huge amount of uh, information. And that's pretty much what we're doing uh, as well. We're trying to gather a lot of data and we're trying to understand why the different users become friends with each other. Mm -hmm. And we want our app to learn from this and then become even better at kind of um, uh, getting or giving friend uh, suggestions to our users. Oh, yeah. I, I love that story of your name. Yeah. It's a, it was a bonus. Actually, uh, originally we called the app uh, Friender. Uh, probably a kind of a, we got some inspiration from the US and uh, Silicon Valley. Is, is, yeah, but we we figured that this is more a Silicon Valley kind of name for an app uh, than mm -hmm. it's a Norwegian name for the app. So we we had mm -hmm. a good think about it and we uh, we rethought it and we figured that Ben Ben is uh, the name to be. <laughs> Very good. Oh, I love it. 
So we're, we're getting right at the end of our time. Um, Jesper, tell us how people can reach you or, or get Venn and find out more about it. Well, if you want to find Venn, you can basically just search for it in uh, App Store uh, or Google Play, uh, or you can go to our webpage, which is findaven.com. So it's uh, V-E-N-N, <laughs> findaven.com. Uh, or you can write to me uh, if you have uh, questions or maybe if you have some uh, suggestions for improvement. Uh, I'm always really interested in hearing that. Then you can just email me at uh, jesper, J-E-S-P-E-R, at findaven.com. Excellent. Yeah. Well, um, thank you. Do you have any final thoughts to share before we wrap up the episode? Just want to remind uh, everyone who's listening that uh, healthy friendships is pretty much one of the most important things for human beings. Mm -hmm. uh, according to um, uh, Maslow, uh, he says that healthy friendships is actually a human beings' third most important need. So uh, give, a, give a call to a friend. And mm -hmm. uh, if you need a friend, you should just download Ben and find some uh -huh. more. <laughs> Excellent. That's very, so very great. good advice. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so Jesper. much, Jessica. Thank this you so much. Wonderful. Thank you for having me. I really right. appreciate it. And thanks to all our listeners for joining, and we will see you on the next episode.